Episode 1, Phantom Menace, all unicameral uppercase. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to the outerlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the Guardians of the Peace and Justice in the Galaxy, to settle the conflict. Dot, 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 dot. Hello there. Welcome to the show. Today I have with me Abe and Knox Kiernan, and we're going to talk about what we talk about best, and that is Star Wars. Abe and Knox, how are you doing? Hello this is doing great! <laughs> <laughs> But we decided we were going to talk about um, The Phantom Menace just because everyone talks about the prequels and how terrible they are, but I actually kind of like the prequels because we grew up watching them. Kind of. I really like them. Kind I mean, of okay, like them, yeah. Attack of the All Clones right, is not the best. In a pod. But I, I love feel like I All have right. the least amount of familiarity with The Phantom Menace because it was it came out like when i was really little was it 99 i'm almost positive it was 99 uh, i think yeah i think so do you guys remember the first time you saw it because yeah. i definitely don't remember the first time i saw it i don't remember my first time seeing any of one through six like they're, they're just like <laughs> they were stapled into my head i no, i went to the theaters really tell us about I know, it i was so stoked because like the four five six i remember watching and i got the vhs's for my dad for father's day oh nice mom got him for him and then i gave it to him and then i was like open this open this mm-hmm. and then he opened them and i just immediately grabbed it and ran to the tv yeah. and then i was like yeah whatever <laughs> father's day whatever i'm gonna watch this and then uh but no i remember going to see number one in theaters and it was awesome and then i remember you remember you guys might be a little younger but the KFC had these things on top of the cups, you know, like those, like, you know, like how Disney world, maybe you have like an elephant on top of your cup, like the head yeah, of yeah. an elephant. Did they have like a Darth yeah. Vader one or mm-hmm. something? I think they had uh no, they, I mean, no, it was all worn. So they, they had, uh, the Death Star. Oh, that's right. I think I still have it somewhere in like the star Wars trunks downstairs, but the, um, the Gungan leader, I can't think of his name. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Oh, it's like boss something. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. guy. <laughs> boss Nat. <laughs> Misala. He was. A, he was. A, I'm, I have one of those KFC things. I feel like top, I've like, seen those before. Oh yeah. wait, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know, definitely know what you're talking and about. And the best thing about that time was that's when like the new line of Star Wars action figures had come out because before then all you had was four, five, six, like Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and yeah. stuff like that, and this was added. Yeah, like, Mm-hmm. I mean, there was still like there was still some like cool action figures, selection of characters. This, came this out was with a all huge deal because Star Wars had been gone for almost twenty years. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Well, they re-released them in like eighty-seven, but yeah, yeah, that's a long time with a whole bunch of new technology. Yeah, for, like, and filmmaking. they did terrible, terrible things with that technology, aka Jar Jar Binks. And look, I really like <laughs> Phantom Menace, and watching Phantom Menace as an adult, I still like it, but I cannot and will not ever get behind Jar Jar Binks. I think he is a terrible, terrible, terrible character. Do you mean Darth Binks? <laughs> Darth Binks. I need to watch that video. I've heard that it's like pretty Dude, funny. So, there's so many funny. Yeah. But the technology oh. behind Jar Jar apparently was revolutionary. At, yeah. At the time, like if you watch it at the, t- I mean, it's just like when like Jurassic Park came out. Like if you rewatch Jurassic Park, it's like 
okay, this is obviously a little cheesy or whatever. Or I mean, that's probably a bad example, but heck, the first Star Wars was like that. Yeah, like when it came out, though, it was amazing. And then, like, if you watch it in retrospect, you're like, well, now technology is at this point, so it looks cheesy, but it's still. It's still pretty good. Like, Jar Jar still looks pretty good. I think he was the first ever fully CGI character, like, to to be a character in a movie, like a live-action movie. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Lucas was, like, on the forefront of all that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, his Industrial Lights and Magic um, company was, like, they they invented the Pixar machine. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I know that. Do you know when they're trying to get into the bridge? So okay, so you got you got Qui Gon and Obi Wan, and they're the uh, negotiators, the representatives that the Chancellor sent. They're on the ship of the Trade Federation, like the first scene, right? You know, and they try to kill them, so then they escape and they're trying to get to the bridge. And Qui Gon has his lightsaber in the blast doors, and he's melting him down. You know, uh-huh. and they keep they're closing like, the doors over the door. lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, so they kill all those droids, right? And then the droidicas come, which understandably, like, it's hard to kill a droidica. Uh, I, I think Qui Gon, or I think Obi Wan calls him Master Destroyers at yeah. the beginning, which is kind of funny. Uh, so they they run away from that, right? You know how they're like, all right, let's get out of here. The droidicas are here. But did you ever notice that they like flash ran away, like yeah, super I, super I, fast? I didn't notice that until I watched it much later. They like force run away. But they never do that in any of the other movies. And I'm not here like trash. I'm not here to talk about like inconsistencies. It's just interesting because like in the third movie when they're running to save the Chancellor, they don't flash or force run or whatever it is. Like yeah, it's just you're like right. one random scene where they like force ran away from Joy to <laughs> Also talking about the opening scene, I think it's cool because it's the first time like you were saying in like twenty years where you see mm-hmm. another droid like C three PO. That silver one. Yeah, very cool. I bet that helped people like, oh, I can relate to this. Like, I, yeah. I kind of get the space oh, and time totally at which. that's why they did that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, But, like, also, it may, like, with what C-3PO is, like, human cyborg relations, like, I don't know exactly the, the category of droid it falls under. Protocol sure droid, the yeah. Term. Protocol droid, yeah. Like, that's what you would send to, like, go entertain these two people until we meet with them, you know? So, it yeah, does make sense. Yeah, you don't know what language they speak. I mean, I guess they speak yeah. basic because they're Jedi, but... I, but no, like but totally yeah, agree like, like that's what you would send yeah but also like really helpful because people were probably like oh that's kind of like c3po i get sort of the era whatever this is in you know and this is sort of like in a unique time in the star wars universe because it's before the clone wars and the jedi's position in sort of like the political sphere is super interesting because mm-hmm. they don't have yeah. like representatives but like in this case, they're sending negotiators to what is a like act of war almost by them mm-hmm. blockading uh, Naboo. Yeah. So they're later commissioned into the military, into the Grand Army of the Republic. Right now, it's it would be like sending like Andy Stanley, like a pastor or something, is being like, "Hey, um, China is like has a blockade around Taiwan." like go negotiate with them right because weren't they viewed as like a religious kind of organization like yeah out they there? were these weird warrior monks yeah mm-hmm. uh space wizards <laughs> <laughs> and it's the first time we see those battle droids which is sick yeah that is true another great point abe yeah it's pretty cool that you're like whoa like these droids are trying to shoot them and stuff and i think that the droids actually hold up pretty well in terms of how how well they look i do I too so. yeah 
I think overall this movie in terms of the the graphical power that they had at the time or the like the processing power they did a pretty good job I'm not an expert at like filmography or whatnot but I I like don't the the technology does not take away from the movie I don't think in any way yeah I agree in 20 was I guess it's been 20 years that's about all I had to say on it though and this, you might want to edit this part, but the the like Asian kind of people that are doing the droid or the trade Yo, new Gunray, the uh, yeah. what are the the Nimodians, I think that's what they are. That's, that's one of my favorite mind. action figures. I got not new Gunray, or is it? Yeah, no, yeah, new. I Gun think Ray. it is new Gunray. My, Let me look it I up. thought it was Viceroy. I think oh. it's Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have the same chin. <laughs> is that legal? They are still getting through. <laughs> Dude, Palpatine is so young. I forget about that. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is, this isn't the same actor that played in the original trilogy. Th- yeah, it's very impressive that he played in he... all six. Actually, I guess technically he was in the ninth one, but we don't talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, no, wait, wait, it, like, wait, wait. Is it, the it, same it, guy? Yeah, yeah. It's less impressive that he's in the prequels. It's more impressive that he was so young and played the Emperor in the in originals. The, in the originals, yeah, that's he so was true. twenty years younger. Apparently he's a big like theater actor. I, I didn't really know. He that, seems but, um, he seems like one of those people that would be big into like you know theater and everything. Though so, in reality, he could just be Emperor Palpatine, and so that's why he's that way. Touche. <laughs> that is really cool that Lucas did that and kept him for all of them. Gonna bring up another interesting fact: Kira Knightley. Yes, her handmaiden. Yeah, I yeah. always I always point that out. I don't think she's the decoy in Attack of the Clones, though. I, I know she's not actually. They were like, she's too big of a budget actress for us to have her die in the first 10 minutes of the movie. See, I don't remember going to, I mean, I remember when 2 came out, but I don't remember going to see it in theaters. I mean, I know I did. Do you guys remember 2? Yeah, so I, um, we were moving from North, Cal- North Carolina to Blairsville, actually, uh, right when that movie came out, I'm pretty sure. And I remember going to see it in theaters. And I remember not really knowing like what movie we were going to see. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And then when I realized it was Star Wars, you know, obviously I enjoyed it. But I remember that when Yoda uh, fights Count Dooku, everyone started laughing and I was really confused. And it was just like everyone was like thinking of Yoda from like the original trilogy. I thought it was really cool, actually. I don't know why anyone would laugh at that. It's like he's pretty cool when he does that. I think it's just like the idea the older people of... thinking about the the little Yoda from like the puppet four, five, six. Yeah. So let's, let's, so let's talk about this. So the, like, why does the, why is the trade Federation setting up a blockade around Naboo? It has to do with Naboo's position in the galaxy, I think in terms okay. of like the location. And then also I think that Naboo is a, they mine like this plasma stuff from it. I'm not really sure what it is. Hmm. Okay. It, it has to do like with an Nab- interesting place. I guess it'd be an easy place to invade because they have no army, right? They just have like the palace guards. Yeah, so Naboo is an interesting um, planet. It's also where Sheev is from. It's weird yes, that you would invade. Yeah, it. so Naboo is super interesting because it kind of got into the whole Republic kind of late. So that's why their technology is like sort of mixed with this sort of old fashioned, you know, like their architecture is very sort of like old well, world. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's I like agree. Italy. It's I mean, that's where like they film ta- parts yeah. of it. Um, but they got into this sort of space uh not space trade they got into it late all right so we get down to the planet because Mm -hmm. i always thought that was so funny that 
the Jedi's ship is in the hangar, and then the droids are like, what do we do? And then they're like, we just, let's kill them. So they just blow their ship up. Like, those guys are dead, and then they have to escape onto the planet, and that's when the Trade Federation begins, like, the actual invasion of Naboo. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to read some facts about Naboo while I have my Star Wars Atlas up. So if you ever want a vacation uh, to go to Naboo... The terrain is mostly mountains, plains, and swamps. So it's a pretty, you know, that's pretty standard. I don't know. I guess they don't have a lot of forests. It's like the um, state of Georgia. It's like the oh, state wait, of no, Georgia. No, I th- yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit prettier than most of Georgia. Um, so the length of the day is 26 standard hours, which I find pretty interesting. So two hours longer than our day. And okay. then the length of the years are 312 standard days. So if you're a hundred years old on Naboo, you're actually several. You're actually not a hundred years old compared to our time. Mm. So seventy-two percent of the people that live on Naboo are Gungan, and then twenty-seven are human. So most oh. of the inhabitants are Gungans, and the population is about four point five billion. So you're looking at like three billion Gungans, basically. It's a lot of Gungans. I wonder if there are other Gungan um, bubble houses underneath, the, you know, in in the core of the planet. I know. I mean, I don't think that's the only uh, the only Gungan city in the entire planet. It has four that's, billion people on it. That's what I'm saying. I think there, there's got to be a bunch of other those little planet or those little cities underneath the water. So we haven't talked about Qui Gon at all because I feel like Qui Gon is a pretty cool character, and I always liked him as a Jedi. Love him. Yeah. Very cool. Also, like Liam needs some great casting for that. Really good, really good character. Yeah, Abe and I have talked about this. He is, and you get a little bit of a hint of this in Phantom Menace when Obi Wan says stuff like, "If you would obey whatever rules, you'd whatever be on code, the Jedi Council. You'd be on the Council as well." And one thing I really appreciate Qui Gon is he has such a different view of the Force than a lot of the the Jedi, and I think that helps paint a picture for like the complacency maybe that the Jedi. Yeah, felt and why the Sith were able to rise underneath their watch, but exactly you, you have a guy like Qui Gon. I think there were others in the order, but you know, definitely a small minority that viewed the Force very differently. And you see that in the Clone Wars when he leads Yoda to like expand Yoda's knowledge and understanding of the Force. Pretty cool series. It's like a as a four, as a Force ghost. Yeah, it's a pretty cool like three or four part series. And I, I really appreciate how he has a different approach and didn't like all the politics and everything, but had a strong appreciation and a, I would say a better understanding of the force itself. Didn't care as much about the galactic politics and power and stuff, just much more everything's about the force. Well, and it's interesting because Yoda trained Count Dooku and Dooku trained Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. That's a great so it's like tree. that that whole thing as well is like Obi Wan was indirectly trained by um like Count Dooku and or Darth Tyrannus as he goes by um and then Yoda yeah and you you got to imagine though that that Yoda had like a pretty significant pedigree underneath him of training for how for how oh, old yeah. he was like the amount of Jedi's that yeah. he's trained yeah I mean it was like nine hundred when uh when he died or when he disappears. So you got to think he probably trained half the Jedi Council just because those those people don't live as long and he's like really old and really good at what he does. So, but uh, but you bring up a good point. 
Qui-Gon came back and ended up kind of training Yoda after he died. Yeah. Yeah, after yeah. he becomes a Force ghost. He's really cool. So here, here's something that's just popped up that I want to talk about. Um, you know how Qui-Gon says there's always a bigger fish because like, they get attacked? Uh-huh. And then they go to the planet core and the ship powers down. Obi-Wan like, does some engineering, which I think is really cool how everyone's really good at tech, like fixing stuff. You'd have to. <laughs> You'd have to. Like You're freaking in space and your spaceship breaks down. You're like, oh, I'm going to call AAA. Like, you're in space. But everyone is you got to so learn how to good fix your it. spaceship. So the, Qui-Gon says there's always a bigger fish. The ship dies. It comes back on and there's another fish that chases them and they try to get away. And then there's another big fish that eats that one. And I don't know if it's lazy that like twice that there's quote a bigger fish. I, I don't know funny. if it's lazy or if Qui-Gon's right, there's always a bigger fish. Because <laughs> there's an example that twice there was a bigger fish. Qui-Gon's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also I love the I love how Star Wars always has these creatures and things that are just so massive that they there's no way they could exist in our world. Oh yeah. yeah. And like the first example I always think of is when they land on the asteroid yep. in uh, New Hope, and yeah. they land inside of that giant thing, <laughs> and how the idea that there are these monsters that are just living, free floating out in space. Yeah, like we would definitely have a commission to like kill all those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I I love that idea that there are like these monsters out there that are that, you know there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. So they just popped up in seed. And I think Seed is beautiful. One of the best things I loved about Battlefront 2 is that... One of the best maps in Battlefront, period. Yeah. So beautiful, so fun. The old one is awesome, yeah. But the new one is awesome, too. Naboo didn't have an army. They just had the palace guards, right? So that's why it's super easy for the droid. Like, there's no resistance. Naboo's, like, politics is super interesting with, like, the queens and how you get elected and how the fact that... Uh... Padme is literally like eight years old or whatever when she's queen. She's like 14, yeah. Well, he's just nine and she's 14. Yeah, he's probably going to marry her someday. <laughs> you know what I'm talking you, Do you know what I'm referencing? You're talking about Weird Al, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I always, like, looking back, I was, or when I was little, I was like, that's so weird that they, like, got together. But, you know, if she's like 45 and he's 40, it's like, that's not a big difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like you gotta think, Attack of the Clones when they for, when they when they get married, when they start flirting, uh, it's been like twelve years. So yeah, he's probably like eighteen. He's probably like in his twenties, early twenties, and she's like twenty four. It'd be like a twenty one year old dating a twenty five year old. Like that's not crazy at that's all. Not that weird. I, the scene where they get on that silver ship, which is pretty cool because it's all chrome. Um, that pilot guy, where it's got the mad receding hairline. Yeah. That was one of the first new action figures I got from the movie. <laughs> Classic receding hairline pilot Hasbro limited edition. Explain the guy who explains Coruscant. He's like the entire planet is yeah. one big city. Yep, that guy. That little astro droid did it. <laughs> Why did I get that action? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that was Quite the one that you like saw, Dad. and you were like, "I want that. He That's the cool. one I need." That's hilarious. 
Okay, so one of the things that I didn't realize until I was older and I started watching some of the documentaries about Star Wars was that the space combat was sort of their big thing. Like, that was huge in terms of technological advancements and, like, the extent that they went to to make these models, it was just absolutely insane. Like, they did amazing, incredible work. So when I look at the older or the prequel movies, I say older being an older in the Star Wars timeline, but newer in terms of, like, actual chronological time, um, they also had these types of set pieces that I I now look at and I realize they were trying to do the same thing. And I think that the pod racing was one of the, you know, they were trying to show off their technology by having this pod race. Well, wouldn't you agree? Yes, but they also did make a huge model of the Boonta Eve racetrack. Did they really? At least that initial stadium, like the NASCAR. Like the starting part? Yeah. It's it's like that's a cool. Phys- I didn't know that. That's a physical model. And dang, that's pretty cool. One thing I love about the pod race is the first two laps. There's no music, and you just hear like the sound is so it's like good. Awesome. Um, and it's, sound, and it's fun too. Like were amazing. It like as far as the script writing, like for writing a race, very interesting race. And he stalls out at the beginning. You've got this guy who mm-hmm. does this and that. And like it ends up being pretty cool. Uh, like the things that also, they Also, how freaking terrifying is this? They're just like destroying each other on it's I like know, no no rules. Stuff. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, so I just watched it with my new like subwoofer and speakers and stereo setup and oh. that part was just sick. Like with the yeah. pod racers, you can just like feel them if you have the sub turned up. Did yeah. it come from different sides of the room? Oh, I only have two set up right now just cuz of the setup, but eventually I I have like five speakers. That'd be cool to hear, like this, uh, like when he's, you know, what I'm saying. Well, my my parents they just set up a seven point one in the basement. I have no idea what that means. Seven speakers, one subwoofer. Oh, so three in the front, two in the side, and two in the back. So you should like just go there and watch Phantom Menace, and then like give us a breakdown of it. <laughs> okay, sounds good. But um, and another thing that they changed a lot was the the lightsaber combat, and I know George yes. Lucas said that. At this point, he wanted to show like what a lightsaber combat would be with Jedi's who have trained for a really long time. Uh-huh. Um, and I honestly think they did a really good job with the lightsaber fights. I think they look pretty good. There's not a, a ton of like, you know, hokey thing. There is a few hokey things, but the fight between um, Darth Maul and uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon is fantastic. Well, just compare that to obi-wan versus darth maul or darth vader in episode four where they're just like standing there touching lightsabers and then then you have duel the fates where they're like i mean they're like getting after it flips well see and and that also has to do with the difference in philosophy behind lightsaber fighting so previously when they were um riding the fights they had this sort of concept that it was difficult to control a lightsaber like it was it was sort of like an unwieldy it sort of pulled you around when you swung it so they um used like broadsword fighting techniques when they designed the fights in the original trilogy and you can really see that in um the second one empire strikes back when luke and darth vader fight and it feels like the lightsabers are heavy when you watch yeah, that Luke's and like those are still really good stuff. fights yeah. Like yeah, the fight between yeah. Darth Vader and Luke is great, and then again in um, Return of the Jedi. But I mean, I think we can all agree that that the first ever lightsaber fight was was he, well. He, actually, here's what I'll say to that: 
the one between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader where Obi-Wan disappears, becomes a Force ghost, on the surface, it probably looks like it's awful. They're just standing mm-hmm. there touching. But think about this. Yes. When, once you watch the prequels, you see them fight in three. You got to think in four, it's been like 20 years, they're probably so familiar with each other that like it's hard for them to do other moves. They're just like waiting and looking and anticipating. So it little like, it low key makes sense that there's not this elaborate fight because it's kind of like in um in Rebels when Obi Wan fights Darth Maul and they're just kind of standing there for a while. It's because they know each other. Like they fought so many times, they know what they're gonna do. So it's more of like a waiting and who's gonna move first kind of game. And that's more like actual sword fighting. You know, actual sword yeah. fighting is not flashy like Star Wars is. It's more like what Obi-Wan and Darth Vader did. Um, but that actually brings up a really good point, uh, Knox, about Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan, is that it has to do with how Obi-Wan, or um, Darth Maul defeats um, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon right? Yeah. And, and he tries um, to do the same. Obi-Wan um, actually changed his fighting form after Qui-Gon died. Because he didn't feel like Qui-Gon's fighting style was defensive enough. So he changed to one of the most defensive of the seven like lightsaber fighting styles. And mm-hmm. then in Rebels, when Obi-Wan faces Darth Maul, um, he he goes back to the stance that he uses is the same stance yeah. that Qui-Gon uses. And he basically like baits him into trying to do the same thing that he did to kill Qui-Gon but ends up like countering it and killing him. So I think, I think that's super I think we've all seen that same video where the guy's saying like he starts off with like the two fingers out like Yeah, and then on, he goes back. Like, like Clone Wars and then he gives the yes. Qui-Gon pose and then he and then he finally settles to like no, I'm Obi-Wan and actually gets like a third one of like I've learned from who I used to be in the Clone Wars, who my master was, but now I'm me and like he, he like you're saying resolves that super defensive like calm basic thing. And uh, I think it's really cool. And I, I, I always watch, like, go on YouTube and rewatch that whole sword fight. Like, it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other topics that you guys want to touch on? Um, Interval noises. I would say um, Zabulba's pretty cool. Yep. Zabulba. I never cool. got an action figure. Yeah, I always liked uh, Watto because there's this girl that I know from college, and I always refer to her as him. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? uh, I'm not going to say it. Everyone, everyone, any one of my friends who's listening to this knows exactly. She probably knows too, but there's no way she would ever listen to this. Um, Also, when he gets the, he sees the ship and he goes, eh, Nubian. I always like when he says that. I don't know why. I got that action figure of water and his wings. Oh, you do? His wings were detachable. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. Did it have like the little gross hairs on his chin? Uh, no, that's episode, that intricate. That's episode. Oh, that's three when or what two when he goes back. Yeah, that's two yeah. when he has the and he's like a panhandler or whatever. Uh, like one of the mo- one of the funny things to think about in Star Wars is that it's all filmed on Earth. Like it's like <laughs> yeah, oh, they didn't I go do, to Tatooine. You know, like, like they that's filmed a good it here. Point. <laughs> that is such a good point because I don't really like think about, about that it. when I'm watching that. It's uh-huh. like I'm watching Lord of the Rings and I'm like, they had to go all the way to Middle Earth to like, do this. <laughs> yeah, like nope, that's New Zealand. In the fourth one, in the in episode four, you know how they have a ceremony at the end and they give Luke and Han a medal. The rebels yeah. do. In the episode, in episode one of Phantom Menace, at the end, when like they have like a parade for the liberation, they give him that they, giant glowing ball. Like, yeah, what the hell is <laughs> that? But it's been, it's, I just love that. There's like a trend of like 
the, the like George Lucas just loves ending a movie with like with a ceremony, <laughs> yeah, like some ceremony recognizing the heroics that he wrote about. It's like, what <laughs> is that giant glowing ball? Like, what it's does like it a, do? Is it? It's, is it's just, just like a, a Tesla thing, you know, like the Tesla coils. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a symbol, like piece of like, all right, we're friends now. Oh, also, Darth Maul was sick. So cool. Yeah, Darth Maul is super interesting. His backstory is really interesting about how uh, Sidious um, trained him apart from. Uh, Plague is knowing, yeah. yeah, and he's got a brother. That's all in the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the Clone that's... Wars and Rebels do. I haven't seen all of Rebels, but the Clone Wars and Rebels do a great job of of painting, of adding color to his backstory. Because yeah. I think everyone who just watches like one through six, one through nine, or just watches like the you know, blockbuster Star Wars movies, they're I think they all think like Darth Maul is one of the coolest characters. Like he doesn't get his time. And I think they make up for that. If you're willing to watch Clone Wars and Rebels, you see how interesting of a guy he is. Yeah, and that's something that I talked about on my episode that I did about the Clone Wars a couple of weeks ago. It was just that like the Clone Wars really does flesh out a lot of the characters, mm. especially I, the prequel characters. If they had done the entire six seasons the same way they did the last eight episodes, it would be one of the like best shows of all time. I haven't watched those yet. I'm I'm still working. You haven't my way finished. So oh, hey, no, so I'm not it. gonna I'm not gonna ruin it. But what I'll tell you is that it's after Disney bought it and they like tripled the budget and did it really well. Rex this dies. Is really well done. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's not really true. Don't all the clones die? Basically, no. Listen, not Rex. Rex. Everyone knows Rex doesn't die. Everyone thinks Rex. I'm not is ruining the, that. Rex. Is, so everyone thinks Rex is the um, white haired old guy on indoor on episode six, uh yeah the movie six really remember that i old? think it's true yeah i hope they i hope they like i don't know how rebels because i'm just do, i'm doing he's a white-haired guy in rebels and i'm doing bad batch right now okay and rex comes back i hope that's not yeah. too much of a spoiler anyway rex no cool. i don't think so I think if someone has just sat through an hour's worth of us t- rambling on about Star Wars, I don't think that's <laughs> going to be that much of a, of a spoiler. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. All I right. think we definitely are going to do Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith yeah. um, and probably continue talking about Star Wars periodically throughout our lives. So check back in 50 years and we'll probably still be doing this. Yeah, we're going to have like six versions of Phantom Menace, <laughs> like how it changes yeah. during our lives. The anime version, the animated version, the animated anime version, you know. The live the live action anime version. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks for being on the show, Abe and Knox. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely do it again and we need to talk about Lego Star Wars.